1: It's a crossover Thursday, everybody. Matt Derry with you, Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. We played it on this, say Thursday, September 23rd, into Friday, September 24th. A lot to discuss. Uh, Our buddy Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens is going to join me momentarily to preview Lions and Ravens in the crossover. We've got to do that. We've got big news, of course, and this happens all the time. You record the podcast in the afternoon. And then like right afterwards, Ian Rappaport comes out with a report first and then Adam Schefter piggybacked it that the Lions are looking to trade Jamie Collins. Uh, I love this maneuver. They're not going to get anything for him. But Jamie Collins' days as a Detroit Lions linebacker are over. And props to the Lions and Dan Campbell on this. We'll get into that coming up momentarily. Also, uh, the, the, the kicking doors, the revolving door at kicker are uh, are moving again. We'll get into that. Lamar Jackson didn't practice today. We'll get into that. Then we'll get Kevin on here, do a little Lockdown Ravens and Lions crossover momentarily. Uh, thank you for making us uh, your first listen right here each and every day. You can, of course, find Lockdown Lions uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Find me on Twitter at DairySpeaks, at Lockdown Lions on Twitter, and also the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. All right, first things first. The Lions have confirmed it. And this isn't the previous regime. Think about something for a second. On Thursdays, Dan Campbell doesn't usually talk. You know, the coordinators talk, assistant coaches talk. Dan Campbell usually doesn't speak to the media on Thursdays. But he got on the podium today to be transparent, to be open and honest, and to tell everybody what's going on, which is something Matt Patricia never would have done. I'm not even so sure Jim Caldwell would have done this today. He told everybody, hey, yes, we, are, we have suitors for Jamie Collins. The veteran linebacker is away from the team. He didn't practice on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. Quote, at some point, it's like, what are we doing? It's like you can only hide so long. As much as we can be, we want to be as transparent as we can, particularly with the player. It is what it is. If we feel like this is where we need to go, and it's best for the player and it's best for us, why are we messing around? End quote. All right, what Dan Campbell didn't say uh, was that Jamie Collins was an utter dog on Monday night. His effort was horrible. How many Aaron Jones touchdowns did we watch with Jamie Collins jogging after him? All right, all of you sent me the tweets. All of you sent me all this stuff. Oh, did you watch this? Did you see that? Yes, I did. Time to go. You have a veteran linebacker who has pulled this bullshit before when he was at Cleveland, and the Browns traded him back to the Patriots. Lions signed him. Wasn't Brad Holmes. Wasn't Dan Campbell. That was Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. And if you're not going to give that effort, how can this organization say we're going to bite kneecaps? We're going to bring the organization back to its roots. Play hard. We're going to be Detroit. We're going we're gonna to stand up and take your punch, and then we're going to punch back. And then you got a guy like this making a half-assed effort like he made Monday night. Wrong. Goodbye. Quote, after Brad and I both talked to Jamie, I talked to the leaders and captains and just explained it to them. Campbell said, you don't expect them to totally agree, but they just need to know where I was coming from and nothing against Jamie. There is still a business side to it, and we wish him well. End quote. Now, when you say you're wishing somebody well, it means they're done. Dan Campbell wouldn't say if he's ever going to play again on this team. But look, if they can't find any trade partners for him, he's got to go. They're going to take a massive cap hit. Uh, there's going to be dead cap money next year of, I believe, around $6 million. It's not going to be a good sign uh, and a signal for the Lions uh, from a financial standpoint. But who cares? This team's two, three years away from winning. All right? They inherited some lousy contracts, including Trey Flowers, who didn't practice today. But I like the direction that they're going. I love the transparency. Derek Barnes was drafted in the fifth round. He's ready. Let's go. Let's get Derek Barnes in here, or fourth round. Let's get Derek Barnes in here and give him a chance. Now, he's a rookie linebacker who lasted till day three. Let's not sit here and say he's going to come out and be the next Lawrence Taylor. But we might as well see what he can do as opposed to a guy giving a half-assed effort in Jamie Collins. Austin Seibert right now has been placed on the COVID IR list. Could come back if it's just a, a couple of negative tests and he was vaccinated. If he was not vaccinated, he might have to quarantine for 10 days. Ryan Santoso could be kicking Sunday against the Ravens. Also, Lamar Jackson did not practice football Baltimore more today. He's uh, got a little bit of a hip injury, but the team said today it was a stomach bug. And so that is why Lamar Jackson uh, wasn't practicing. But he'll play Sunday against the Lions. You know that. All right. BetOnline.ag, back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. Teams are back on to start another football season. We got games going on tonight. BetOnline.ag's got Carolina minus eight at the Houston Texans. You want to bet on the game? Go to BetOnline.ag. The new updated site and interface has more odds, props, and contests. With BetOnline, you continue to be the number one source they do for everything football. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline's the best. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And they are your online Sportsbook experts and hey lions fans matt derry here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about it's called get upside my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use the promo code touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. So you can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal. Get an e-gift uh, e- e- card for Amazon and other stuff. So download the free Get Upside app. Use a promo code Touchdown to get up to fifty cents ca- uh, a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code Touchdown. And welcome everybody to the Locked On crossover Thursday edition. Locked On Lions. Matt Derry, Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens. As the Lions will host Baltimore coming up on Sunday afternoon at Ford Field. Big win for the Ravens last week. Kevin Lions limping in at zero and two. Let's start with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. What a win. Uh, what a defensive play at the end of that game to save the game for Baltimore. I'm sure all is well now in, in Ravens country, right? Yeah, every Everybody's loving it here, Matt. This is, this was a huge win,
0: the first in four years for the Ravens against Kansas City. And it, it was a big one, definitely. If, especially, you know, staring the 0-2 in the face for this Ravens team. they They were resilient. They got the win.
1: Take me through the thinking in that game. Because, again, getting stops against Kansas City is never going to be easy for anybody. But uh, the Ravens made a defensive play at the end of that game that is big, as big a play as they've had in a long time, don't you think?
0: Oh, absolutely. Adafe Owe, a rookie, you know, second ever NFL game. Someone who, coming out of college, had no sacks at Penn State last season and has made a huge impact already. And, and funny enough, the whole story of that play, the defensive force fumble, He splits between former Raven Orlando Brown and guard Joe Tooney. Brown was traded for the pick that actually was at Afe Owe, so kind of full circle stuff right there. But it was just great game awareness from him, making a big play when it mattered. Baltimore's pass rush has been, I call it a bit underwhelming, but always been a disruptor. He's gotten a ton of pressure seven through two weeks. He's also, he picked up his first career sack at the NFL level. So those no sack talks are gone, but he's done a bunch of good things. And that play was kind of like the cherry on top of his first two weeks. And now he won the defensive player of the week, just two weeks into his NFL career.
1: A lot of talk at the start of the year, Kev, about the Ravens not winning the division that, hey, it's now Cleveland that's going to take that next step. After one week and a a few quarters into the Kansas City game, they're staring down the barrel of an 0-2 gun uh what's been the talk about the expectations for Baltimore and then obviously winning that game and you know all is well again in John Harbaugh's uh, locker room speech it was almost like uh like they won the Super Bowl <laughs>
0: yeah th- th- their goal is definitely a Super Bowl they've been talking about it all off season obviously the injuries they put a damper on that for a little while but the Ravens are riding this win against Kansas City but they know they have to go one and every week they're on to Detroit now they understand that If they underestimate this Detroit Lions team, they could walk out of Ford Field with a loss. So they have to understand that, and and they obviously do. But yeah, the expectations definitely was the Cleveland talk, and we've definitely heard that before a couple years ago with Cleveland. But this is a team now that they're starting to find their footing. I expected a bit of a a rough-ish start, not a loss to Las Vegas, but the offensive line didn't perform well in that week one game. The running backs, the Ravens have lost every carry yard and touchdown from running backs who are on their roster in 2020. So it's a completely new group there. So they're figuring it all out. And overall, you know, the talk of town is just a matter of going one and zero every week. But this team definitely still has their sights set very highly, and definitely still in a Super Bowl.
1: Kevin, little secret for you: they're not losing this week. Don't worry. <laughs> I know this one and zero every or we're, you know one zero every week talk. That's cute, but they ain't losing this week. Don't worry um kevin all striker from Lockdown ravens matt Derry Lockdown lions on the crossover talking about baltimore first um all right so lamar is like superman some bad picks in the raider game and the fumble same in the in the chiefs game yet you know push comes to shove harbaugh asks him to go for it does he want to go for it he says yes and gets that yard uh is he is he a god in that town still or are people still questioning if he can throw the football consistently
0: no, he's somebody who look. People understand that he's not, you know, clear of all criticism, but he doesn't get as much respect for his passing as I think a lot of people would like him to. And that he has shown. I mean, obviously, yes, he is a, a a dynamic athlete. You know, his legs are something that makes him one of the most prolific players in the NFL. But as a passer, very efficient in the red zone. He is great in the middle of the field. Is also good outside the numbers, but he definitely does prefer the middle of the field good off of play action and obviously he's just somebody who is improving he's only in his fourth year he's only 24 years old and he's still taking those steps not everybody has it figured out right when they get into the league and jackson has showed the improvement so it's not like he has to be perfect throwing the football every week there are going to be a couple mistakes he had an overthrow in the kansas city game and an interception where he threw in a triple coverage you know those things happen you don't, you don't want to see it and there's stuff that he does have to improve on but For me and for a lot of the Ravens' fan base, too, Jackson is a much, much better throw than people kind of make him out to be.
1: What are your thoughts on this running back situation? You mentioned all the injuries. I mean, this is ridiculous. I can't remember a time where first, second, and third stringers go down. I know Le'Veon Bell is is there, but I don't think they want to use him, do they? (laughs)
0: Yeah, he, he's on their practice squad right now. I think for Bell, it's more of just like getting into game shape. He did not have a training camp in an offseason with a team, whereas Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman were both with the Saints and Tyson Williams was with the Ravens. So they were more into game shape. Bell's running style is also a little different than what the Ravens are kind of used to. Bell's a very patient runner. He'll wait for the holes to open up. The Ravens are a very ground and pound team. So they could figure out ways to use Bell. Bell's also a great pass catcher, something that they've wanted to use out of the running backs for a while, and they've seen that with Murray and Freeman, but, you know, if we go back, what, like three, four years, those three and Freeman, Murray, and Bell, it's like pro bowlers all around. So, you know, they they have the veteran talent there now. Obviously, replacing J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, it all happened in like a week and a half. And it was right before the season. So they pivoted, I thought, really well. You know, Latavius Murray just talked about yesterday how he still doesn't know everybody's name in the locker room. So he's, they're figuring it out right now. All things considered, though, this team is averaging 5.9 yards per carry and still doing what they do best, which is running the football. And because of that, I think their pass offense is benefiting, too.
1: Lions have a hard time with tight ends. It's been going on for years. The linebackers are, are bad. And we'll talk about Detroit in a second. But. You know kittle in week one the lions face they did okay tanyan last week scored i t- caught a touchdown pass now we're talking about mark andrews i mean where do you rank him amongst uh, the better tight ends in the league
0: yeah for me andrews is is number three i, I put him behind Kittle and i put him behind kelsey i, I say kelsey won kittle too but you know there are a bunch of quality tight end Waller waller's my number four you know i think tj hawkinson is right up there in the top yeah. five too yeah. so you know this is this is a really it's like a top heavy group where like there's a ton of talented players, but then once you hit that like seven eight nine mark, there's a little bit of a huge drop off. So Andrews for me, he's evolved a lot since he's come into the league. Really came out of Oklahoma. People looked at him as more of like a receiver type, where like he's going to catch the football well, but he cannot block at all. Now he has evolved into actually a pretty decent blocker. He's not perfect. He's not the best blocking tight end in the NFL, but. He, he gets his hands dirty in the blocking department and they, and they need that out of him, especially because Nick Boyle, who is their best blocking tight end and one of the best blocking tight ends in the league is not available for them, at least for one more week. So Andrews, he's definitely a matchup nightmare. Defenses have kind of keyed in on him to start the year. It feels like hasn't had the best statistical numbers, but if they're keying in on him, that means that they're not keying in on somebody else. And that leaves guys like Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins open to do some damage.
1: All right, biggest weakness for the Ravens right now through two weeks is what?
0: You know, I'd have to say it's probably the pass rush. The Ravens somehow, some way beat Patrick Mahomes without sacking him, and that's like almost unheard of at the NFL level because in order to beat Patrick Mahomes, one of the things that you have to do is pressure him a good bit, and the Ravens did some stuff. They didn't blitz as much. They're a very blitz-heavy team, but they they, they didn't generate a ton of pressure. It was more Mahomes stepping up and the Ravens having somebody there as more of like a – A delayed blitzer, I'd call it, to kind of stop him from scrambling out. The pass rush, they rank third to last in the NFL in pressure rate, so they need to kind of, they need to get that up. Pass rush has been kind of a, it's been a sticky topic for a couple years in Baltimore because they have done well pressuring quarterbacks at times, but it's very inconsistent. You know, one game they'll have like 10 pressures, four, five, six sacks, and then for the next three weeks they'll have like two total sacks so they have the pressure numbers have been very inconsistent over the last couple of seasons but they have the talent we, we talked about OA and Justin Houston is now there Tyus Bowser an up-and-coming player and the interior guys too Justin Matablique. obviously Clayus Campbell in the middle there maybe the Ravens get Derek Wolf back but for me the Ravens with their blitzing you know they can generate pressure that way but I'd like to see them get a bit more when they're just rushing four and not putting those guys up in the box
1: Let's talk a little Lions football. We'll do that. Uh, Kevin and Matt with you on the Thursday crossover. First, though, our friends at rockauto.com. Stop going to these storefronts and and getting out of your car and wherever you're leaving your house to go buy auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com. Their prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. Rockauto.com, a family-owned business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts, from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything, tail lamps, new carpet, motor oil, whatever you need, engine control modules. You can get it on their website at rockauto.com. And the best thing about it is their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. But even better, their prices are reliably low and the same for everybody. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? (laughs) Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We return
0: here with yet another segment of this crossover between both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Lions. Kevin Oshryker of Locked On Ravens, still here with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. And Matt, we just talked about the Ravens. Now let's transition into some Lions football. And I think obviously one of the biggest storylines, not just for Detroit, but for the entire NFL. Had to be the Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff trade, where you know, Goff has come in and done some good things so far through two weeks, but this team is 0-2 right now. What's the overall consensus on what Goff has given the Lions so far throughout these first two weeks of the 2021 year?
1: Well, uh, first of all, Kevin, I am proud of you that you did not um talk about biting kneecaps right away. That's <laughs> your, your predecessor. get to that a bit later. <laughs> uh, your predecessor from last week, uh Peter Bukowski, he was all over it. But uh no, I, I think Jared Goff has been a C-plus so far. Uh, the first half Monday night against the Packers, I had friends from out of town and people just watching Monday Night Football texting me like, oh my gosh, Goff looks great. And I said, let's see what happens in half number two. Rain starts falling, two fumbles, and an interception. And he was terrible. So that looked like the golf that the Rams were glad to see go, as opposed to the golf in the first half that looked like the golf of the first three years in L.A. Um, he doesn't have a lot of material to work with when it comes to wide receivers. So he has to spread the ball to the tight ends and the, and the running backs out of the backfield. And I think green Bay took some of that away in the second half the other night enforced throws outside. And again, the lions don't have a number one receiver. Uh, Tyrell Williams was one of their big pickups the off season. I guess he's their number one. He's been out with a concussion. I don't see him playing this week either played in week one. So that leaves it up to guys like Quintez Cephas, who's decent. Uh, and some other younger guys. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's a nice slot guy and a rookie, but again, he's playing in his third game, and he's having to go up against the Ravens. So that's been an issue. So I would say Goff's been fine. Um, Like I said, shaky second half. And to be honest, what was interesting was Dan Campbell saying after the game the other night that he put that loss on the offense more than the defense, but the defense couldn't get off the field in the second half. But he blamed the offense saying they've got to sustain drives, they've got to do better. So uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday.
0: Yeah, definitely. And this Ravens defense, definitely a, t- a tough task for Goff in that Detroit offense. But someone who has impressed me so far, at least throughout the first two games here, a little bit is DeAndre Swift, you know, running back out of Georgia, second-year guy. And there was a lot of talk during that draft last season, you know, about who will be the top running backs off the board. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens is in that group. Clatterwood, edwards Swift. The Swift was linked to the Ravens in some situations. The Lions, I think, got a steal in him. He's been somebody who I think has done a little bit of everything for the Lions so far. And also, you know, Jamal Williams is there, too, someone who has been a nice compliment to him. What have you seen out of the Lions running back so far this season going up against the Ravens defense that potentially, we don't know the injury report yet, but potentially could be without a guy like Brandon Williams and even Derek Wolf on the interior?
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely the strength of this offense. Hawkinson, a tight end, and then the two running backs. Uh, they like the offensive line, especially the middle out to the left. Uh, The right side's a little shaky, but no, Swift has been good. Uh, I think you're going to see him get a few more touches than he got on Monday. I think they went away from him and Williams too much once they got down in that game. And uh, uh, those guys did a whale of a job in the first half. You look at the yards per carry, they're good. And you look at Swift after he touches the football in space, Yak is very good. But yet they didn't get him the football enough. And I think Dan Campbell will tell Anthony Lynn this week, the offensive coordinator, let's do more with Swift and Williams, because those guys have been good through the first two weeks. Remember, I mean, Kevin, this team hasn't been able to run the football since Barry Sanders retired. It's been a long time. So, all of a sudden, they seem to have a ground game, but they don't have a passing game, which they used to only have a passing game with Stafford and Calvin Johnson and, and, and guys like that. So, Golden Tate. So, yeah, I think that that's that it's been a nice one-two punch. Like you said, they've stayed healthy, knock on wood. There isn't a ton of depth after them. Seventh-round pick Jamar Jefferson's been inactive, and Uh, Godwin Igwe BK has been the next guy, but we haven't seen him. I mean, it's just been Swift and Williams, uh, but those two are solid. That is a positive, certainly for an 0-2 football team right now.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And with how the Ravens run the ball, it looks like it's going to be two, you know, running football teams on Sunday. But you mentioned TJ Hawkinson there, Matt. And Hawkinson is the Ravens' third straight really good tight end that they have to face here. They had trouble containing Darren Waller in Week 1. Same thing with Travis Kelsey in Week 2. Now they face Hawkinson, who is almost like one of the focal points of this offense right now because you mentioned the lack of real receiving targets. What type of matchup nightmare does Hawkinson bring for an opposing defense like Baltimore just week in and week out?
1: Oh, he's terrific. Um, You know, this was one Bob Quinn draft pick that actually worked. Um, So, uh, you you know, you take a tight end in the top 10, he better be this good, and he's turned out to be this good. Uh, Excellent catch in the red zone the other day for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Good hands, solid speed, really good blocker too. And, look, I, I expect, like you mentioned, Waller got tons of touches and targets in that week one game against you guys. I would expect the same thing this Sunday especially at home, uh, get him in space and find a way to get him open. It was that fourth and one play when the Lions trailed and uh, and were driving against the Packers the other night in the third quarter, and they elected to go for it, which has been Dan Campbell's MO through two weeks is let's be aggressive. They wanted to go to Hawkinson. He was doubled. Um, So Goff missed Swift over the middle, elected to throw to Cephas and missed the play. So already we're seeing teams doubling Hawkinson because he's their best receiver, whether it's receiver, tight end, doesn't matter he's their best weapon. So he's been, he's been really good.
0: Yeah. I, I've been, I've been impressed. And for the record, I, I picked Hawkinson in a lot of fantasy leagues. Cause I kind of, I kind of foresaw Mark. this, right. Yeah. This is kind of a breakout type year. And so far it's definitely been that for him. Although, you know, I think he'll continue to build on what he's been doing so far, but Matt, moving on to the lions defense, you know, this is a unit that has had a couple injuries so far, obviously the big one being Jeff Okuda and there was that viral clip of Okuda and And just the way that the Lions defense has performed so far, Lamar Jackson coming to town, that Ravens rushing game that is averaging over five yards per carry. What's the mood about that defense heading into this game? Because it seems like they have put together a couple of nice, you know, maybe quarters here and there, but have kind of struggled overall.
1: What's the mood? (laughs) This defense sucks, man. Come on. It's terrible. It's bad. And and, and, and it's terrible that Okuda's out and that would have been for player development purposes, uh, a really good to have him play a full season. So that's a, that is a killer. Uh, then Ifiatu Malafonwu, the rookie from Syracuse, really played well last week. Then he goes out with a thigh injury, and drain. He's going to be out multiple weeks and has been placed on IR. So cornerback is thin, and it was thin to begin with. Uh, Oruware on the other side isn't bad, um, but the linebackers have just been pathetic. And you're going you're gonna to see Derek Barnes, the rookie from Purdue, get a chance this week. Dan Campbell is very refreshing in that he actually tells you what they're planning on doing. You know, you rare, rarely, you know, injuries, don't talk about it. A game plan, no. Campbell's like, screw it. Derek Barnes, he, we're going to play him more. El Malafano he's going to be out a while. Like, he tells you. So that's been good. Uh, fans love that. Uh, but they, they struggle on the outside of corner. Uh, safety, Will Harris, I, I don't think is a good football player. Um up front, I think they're decent. Um, the defensive line is, is getting better. Aleem McNeil is a guy to watch. Uh, the D tackle, he's been double teamed a lot, which means they respect what he can do there as a plugger in the middle. Uh Trey Flowers and Romeo Okwara have got to be better in, in pressuring the quarterback. They haven't really gotten home yet this year. Um uh and the linebackers need need a lot of help. Alex Anzalone, they love and they love his, his his leadership, but he struggled on, on, on Monday night. And Jamie Collins, I don't even know what to say about him. Uh, very disappointing. But they've got some young guys, Onzerike, McNeil, um, that they want to take a look at this year. And Like I said, if the D line is cooking a little bit, there's some depth there, they'll be all right. But that linebacker matchup with Jackson and spying on Lamar I, concerns me big time. That's why I think Barnes might be able to help them this week.
0: Yeah, this Ravens offense is so unique, Matt. And you mentioned McNeil. He was somebody had great production at NC State. I really liked him as a prospect coming out. And I think the Lions got a steal there for sure. So I'm ex- I'm excited to watch him play and see what he can do against the Ravens offensive line that really struggled in week one, but really had a bounce back performance in week two against the Chiefs. And Matt, you know, I won't ask you about any kneecaps, but I am interested about just <laughs> what what the what the culture shift has been like, you know, ever since Matt Patricia departed, Dan Campbell has come in, that new coaching staff. Have you sensed or have you seen anything, you know, not just throughout the first two weeks, but throughout the offseason, how Dan Campbell and his staff handles themselves that you either like or don't like based off of what you saw in the Matt Patricia era?
1: I really like Campbell and his staff so far. Uh, You can question some things from Monday night with Campbell, whether it was they should have gone for fourth and one, uh, uh, clock management at the end of the half was iffy. Uh, there are some things you could already question, but one thing you can't question, and I've talked to some some people close to players and, and others, they love this staff. It's a lot of former players, a lot of guys that are, are relating to the players. Aubrey Pleasant, the defensive backs coach, is very popular. Uh, Deuce Staley, the running backs coach, they love him. Anthony Lynn, you can already see as an OC, uh, has more you know, uh, 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 guys in motion, um, uh, multiple guys in motion, Panay Sewell pulling from left tackle. We never saw that under Jim Bob Cooter or Daryl Bevel during the Matt Patricia era, uh, which was an utter disaster. So I like it. I, I like what i am seeing from the coaching staff. The problem isn't coaching right now, in my opinion. The problem is this talent. They just don't have enough. So culture, yeah, they've changed it. Uh, things are positive in Allen Park. Uh, but again, a lot of losing. We'll see how this is. This goes week eight, week nine, week 10, if this continues, which I think it will. But at least they have a direction, which is good.
0: Right. Direction is so important. And, you know, even if the talent isn't there right now, you know, this Lions team, at least if they have the coaching staff in place and the talent can su- surely come in, you know, in waves, they can be a good football team definitely in the near future. But, Matt, finally here, I, I do want to get a final score prediction from you. You know, this is a game that you said the Ravens are going to win, that there's no way the Lions win this game. You know, what is an actual score prediction from you? Do you think this is going to be a close game or do you think it's going to be more of a blowout type?
1: You know, short work week um i know the ravens are coming off a very emotional game last week so this could be a trap um who do you got next who's baltimore play next
0: denver denver
1: denver uh road or home road so you know I, i don't see the lions hanging with the ravens i just i can't i just you know the other day i thought a late score for the Lions, which they were in position to do would cover the number and they would lose by 10 or 11 and be right on the number vegas has been pretty accurate with where the lions have been so far uh with point spreads for through the first two weeks this spreads eight eight and a half i I see baltimore by 10. i see a 27 17 final with the ravens winning that's kind of what i i have what about you
0: yeah i i see 30 to 17. i'm kind of right in that ballpark too you know i've seen people say like 45 to six you know i don't think it's going to be that but I do think that the Ravens, you know, talent wise, they have a bit more than Detroit right now. You know, they did come off that emotional win. And again, this is a trap game potentially if this team does not take Detroit seriously. So I think that they still win this game, but I think it might be a bit closer than some people anticipate. But Matt, that's all that we have here, I think, for today on this crossover episode. It was great talking football with you and definitely looking forward to a great and exciting game on Sunday afternoon.
1: All right, Kevin. That was a lot of fun.